0: Hello, sweet summer children. Hey, this is Logan, uh, your favorite podcast host from Peep This Noise, if we're probably all being honest. um, So a bit of a hiccup this week. We were supposed to do the album Stranger in the Alps by Phoebe Bridgers. Uh, if you haven't listened to that album yet, go ahead and, and listen to it for next week. We're going to be doing it uh, next week's podcast. Um, but Nathaniel unfortunately got appendicitis this week and he had to have his appendix removed. So what I'm actually going to do uh, is take an episode from... The long series of episodes that we recorded before we started releasing episodes of Peep This Noise, um, and I'm going to go ahead and put that into the feed here. For this one, we're going to be doing uh, the album "Aim and Ignite" by Fun. I had a couple of options to pick from. Um, I picked "Aim and Ignite" because it's a relatively short album, uh, which means you know, with this short notice, you can take about an hour or so. Uh, and go ahead and listen to that entire album. You might be benefited by listening to the deluxe version of that album, Um, because we do talk a little bit about some of those bonus tracks. Uh, Nathaniel had listened to them, Greg had not. Uh, but yeah, that's what's going on this week, uh, so thanks for your patience while we have kind of a non-traditional episode here. Uh, I, I'm going to step out of the way and and let you do that in just a second, but I do want to remind you, uh, if you like what you've heard here, uh, we are releasing episodes weekly, probably on Tuesdays. It used to be Mondays, but it looks like Tuesday is kind of just our day now, um, judging by the way things have been working out the past couple of weeks in quarantine. Um, you can also find some written content at www.peepthisnoise.com. Uh, we have original blog content there. Uh, you can, you can check it out and you can see some of, of what we've got going on. Uh, writing's been a little bit slow because, uh, two of us are in finals at, at university right now. Um, but yeah, we do have a couple of things there. If you want to talk to us about anything, uh, you can reach out to us at mail at peepthisnoise.com or you can find us at, at Pete This Noise on twitter uh, nathaniel man's that account and does a great job so uh dm's open feel free to add us follow us on twitter uh we'd love to hear from you if you enjoy the show uh but yeah i'm gonna get out of the way and and enjoy listening to this episode where we talk about aim and ignite the first album by the band fun Segment's done. Oh, it's I'm done. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> As the counting happened, I did like the silly meme of like putting your fingers together and mm, <laughs> like in perfect harmony because I was like ready to calm down. Um, we're gonna go ahead and move into the last segment, which is mine. I'm gonna have to borrow one of your notes for this
1: uh, because my questions it better be yours because I have a list of songs up here. Oh, um, oh I've got
0: notes too. Oh, I'd okay. No, no worries. No, I'll do it on can, my phone.
1: You can borrow mine. I'll I'll grab my phone. No, back it's okay. For you. This is
0: this is some good audio. I'll just pull them up on my phone.
1: Uh. I hope I listened to these in the
0: right order on the album. I found a YouTube playlist that I think
1: did it. I I looked up the I looked up the you, Wikipedia track list, list, Wikipedia track list, and then oh, I found. So a YouTube does it start with Be calm? It. Yes.
0: Then, and does it end with Walking the Dog Part Two? No. Oh whoa! You did the deluxe version.
1: I Did all right. I I only listened through like the iTunes bonus track number ten. <laughs> Wait, oh, what was so that? You, uh, take your time. Take oh, your time take your time.
0: time coming home acoustic version. Uh, or yeah. take your time. So regular. wait. So no, oh no no you did regular, regular. Acoustic, okay. acoustic now, version. You listen to the un- regular album. You listen to the deluxe without take your time coming home acoustic. I don't think. Um, Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Cause I got twelve we're songs. Just That's talking. what I got. I got twelve songs.
1: Um. It's only the first ten that I listened to. But
0: all right. So yeah, this is Aim and Night by Fun. This is the debut album from Fun, coming hot off Nate Ruiz's project The Format. Um. Nate Rose had been a struggling musician for some time before he decided to make the transition with a guy named uh, Andrew Dost and a guy named Jack Antonoff, all pretty big <laughs> names in the industry now, after fun. Uh, yeah. They recorded Aim and Ignite, uh, and then they got together with a guy named Jeff Basker to produce the album Some Nights, which ended up being a global phenomenon. Um, you you may recognize the line, some nights <laughs> <laughs> You may recognize the words, some nights. Uh, actually, it's astounding how many people don't. You would recognize... Um, we are young though.
1: Was their big banger mm-hmm. single? Or... All I can think of is Pat Benatar. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> we are young. Okay, you need to stop singing on this podcast <laughs> for the benefit of the universe. Um, I, I unfortunately <laughs> I know this because I sing at home in my toddler and toddlers don't lie. She's like, Daddy, no. <laughs> so I am, I am unfortunately aware. I can't of this. wait till she sings. Uh, Hopefully she gets a sense of pitch and rhythm But like I hope that if she doesn't She sings out of key I got it from my daddy (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay so yeah let's go ahead and and just kind of dive into Albums are a little difficult to engage with But I want to start and open up by talking About the themes of the album as a whole um, and see what your thoughts are. Like, what is this album about? What's it trying to say? What's it trying to do? And then how does the overall structure of the album and the sequencing, really important, you listen to it in order to get the I sequencing. Hope I did. You did. Um, well,
1: Be Calm, The Gambler, Light a Roman Oh, candle. nope.
0: Nope, 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 nope. Your sequencing is all screwed up.
1: That's I guess fine. that means I'm taking the, the sequencing yeah. question. Yeah,
0: um, but how does the how does the structure of the albums and the songs and things like that? Um, five dollars a month. Spotify, I'm begging you. <laughs> um, anyway. This is the the track listing. The yeah, track it's list. Be Calm, Benson Hedges, all the pretty girls. And then okay. More you more. know what? I know what happened then. Um, some stuff just got moved out of order. For um, the most you're, you're part, okay. I've got them in order. Okay, great. Okay, so cool. there were like two or three songs that got put up front. Anyway, so yeah, what do you guys think this album's trying to engage with? I think it's a series of uh, self-delusions. Ooh,
1: that's a good take. I... Disagree, but it's a good take. <laughs> I felt like it was a, a bunch of songs from different perspectives, not necessarily from the, from the singers, like personal perspective but a bunch of songs from different there are speakers for sure that take uh that take some steps some snapshots through um through kind of a realistic life of a person not a jaded life not a not a jaded life not an idealized life but a realistic life of a person
0: i i like that take a lot actually i i would agree that this is kind of like uh, an album about the rapturous highs of human life. And there are definitely speakers, right? Um, and by speakers, I mean in, in poetry we talk about... The, when you refer to the who who is talking in a poem, you call them the speaker, not the writer, because the writer can be writing for somebody else. Right. Like, Ryan. Ryan, just like speak. Walk me Stevens through self-delusions. I'm interested to see what you mean by that. Well, so the first track I've got on here uh, is Be Calm, and I wrote—I usually wrote like a one-sentence note with each song, and I just wrote, what an antithesis, antithesis to the title. Like, nothing about Be Calm is calm. Do you mean musically or lyrically? Yeah, are... like, it's just all kind of... Give me an example, I guess. I, I'm it's, not disagreeing. I just want to know what you think. So there's there's this music that's just very loud and like chaotic and lots of, I want to say trumpets, but I'm not sure if I'm remembering. The, right, the genre it. of this album is baroque pop. Yeah. So yeah, there, trumpets. There's some
1: slightly there's some slightly almost it it may actually be atonal stuff in that song. Yeah,
0: and, which is obviously yeah. deliberate, especially like, yeah. at the
1: end. Um,
0: but that song dissolves into a vat of atonality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, it, I'm. I only had the chance to listen to it once, Um, but if I remember correctly, it's kind of like a be calm, just be calm, just calm the heck down, you're gonna be fine, just calm down when the song keeps spiraling more and more out of control, and it feels like like some Mm -hmm. sort of self-delusion to me. And a lot of the tracks did things like that, where I'm like, this feels like... Somebody either being given bad advice or giving themselves bad advice. I will say giving self bad advice for many of these tracks. That's why I say self delusion. If I were to address the themes of this album, this is a an album about the relation. Largely, there are a couple of tracks that break this mold. This is a relate a, a, an album about the relationship between a person and the voices inside their head and the voices outside their head. Mm-hmm. So, like, all the voices that that vie. Uh, Be Calm is kind of the good example of this. Um, it starts off, once it kicks in lyrically, it starts off with Nate Ruiz, not quite whispering, but doing a, a sing whisper, and he says, As I walk through the streets of my new city, my back feeling much better, I suppose. I've reclaimed the use of my imagination. For better or for worse, I've yet to know. And so, like, it starts off on this energy of, like, the very first thing that he really remarks on is his back pain, <laughs> Yeah. which is a force. And then he says, I've got the imagination, which is a force on my mind for good or for bad. And then the next line, he says, I always knew you'd be the one to understand me, which is like this external. So he's got like a physical internal, a mental internal, and then an external social relationship, all of which are battling for the way that he thinks and the way that he uh interacts with the world, it kind of culminates before the chorus with the beggars in bodegas grin and me, I think they want something, I close my eyes and tell myself to breathe and be calm. Which is a really interesting line because, again, it's about these external forces and then somebody trying to use their own power over their inner and outer voices to kind of put themselves at right with the world. So I would say it's about the relationship between voices, which is why self-delusions really like kind of spoke to me. And I like what you said as well with that, Greg, um, because of the different angles and different lives. Because I think that in some ways, in to compare it and contrast it with my take, some of those voices are, are different perspectives and different lives that are kind of speaking through the album's overall speaker. Yeah. Uh, anybody else have any thoughts on on themes? Can we talk about Benson Hedges? Uh, we are going to talk about Benson Hedges. Uh yeah, sure. You know, I at the end, my final question is, which tracks were your favorite and why? This is not my favorite track, but okay. I want to talk about okay, it. Okay, let's talk about Benson Hedges for a second before we go on to the next question. What, what, what do you want to say about it? So this is the only one that I wrote more than one sentence for. Okay, which makes sense, because this is the most loaded song, in my opinion. Uh, Except for maybe Take Your Time. So the first sentence I wrote is just... Ooh. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so a little bit of context for any of you who didn't listen to the album. I mentioned that Be Calm descends into A tonality. It like sinks and melts into itself. Like, it has like big Wicked Witch of the West energy. Like, this song is melting. And then it cuts in um, with a, a, a essentially an auto tuned, but uh, kind of a MIDI combination and a vocal combination of the words, a chorus singing the words Holy Ghosts. When do you come out to play? Because if the Lord is going to find me, he better start looking today before it goes into some sick Jack Antonoff guitar <laughs> This song rocks. <laughs> it's pretty great. And I I didn't look up the lyrics, but there were two lines that stood out to me if I understood them right on my sure, first lesson. Sure, I can, I can help you. <laughs> um, Don't want to be forgiven, just want to be forgotten. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's... Insanely good. What what he actually says is, uh, "I'll say goodbye to the canyons. I will set sail for the streets where I don't care to be forgiven. I want to be forgotten." Yeah. Well, and where this song has such a heavy religious overtone to start with. Yeah, it's particularly Christian. Deeply uh, troubled (laughs) (laughs) spiritually, (laughs) not as troubled as "Some Nights," which is like fully agnostic. Yes, but yeah, Um, but he's basically like. He starts off like, well, "If the Lord's gonna find me, he's got to start looking today," and then he's like, "Nope, I'm not looking for forgiveness. I really just want to be forgotten at this point." And then I'm I'm less confident about my, like, hearing this correctly. But he says something to the effect of, "My family thinks I'm beautiful for all my big mistakes." Yeah, uh, I received a call from my family, and what they started to say brought me home. They think I'm beautiful for all my big mistakes are the lyrics. Yeah, and that's that stands in really sharp contrast to the forgiven forgotten thing. Yeah, uh so I think you do you have the lyrics up, Greg? I do.
1: I I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. Um this song honestly confused me lyrically. That doesn't
0: surprise me because that <laughs> middle section is I would say quite dense. <laughs> yeah. Uh this is the this is the song where he talks about uh driving until he breaks down, watching a motel TV and then uh getting essentially confused by Bill O'Reilly and MTV. Mm-hmm. This song rocks. <laughs> uh yeah, so what are what are some of your thoughts? I uh, did anything stick out to you?
1: Was there <sighs> anything you noticed? Um I noticed that um I noticed that they're starting from the very beginning he uh, the the voice of the poem uh, the voice of the the lyrics seems to be talking about uh, about his significant other Last yes. week, my baby hit the slopes I spent the weekend setting traps in the road.
0: yeah I should have been clawing out my eyelids. You'll never guess what baby did when she got home. It seems like there might be, like, this, it's so hard to tell when, like, a song is written like this, because that's really all the information you get about this, Mm -hmm. and this plays, uh,
1: it feels, if I can, I think I just realized what my thoughts on it were, um, it feels like, uh, the lyrics sound like the feeling of a breakup. Yeah. Yeah. For whatever reason. They sound like a person, uh, a hard breakup, someone breaking down and not knowing how to not knowing how to deal with anything and not being able to think straight, and then finding something that grounds him at the end of the song and kind of brings him back. There's a lot of despair. There's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of despair. There's a lot of reaching out to different sources for hope, and then totally down at the end.
0: Totally, and I like that a lot. Uh, to to accentuate your point, that's actually like pretty much in the lyrics. I alluded to the motel TV. Um, he says, uh, "We drove until we both both broke down. We were stranded in a border town, uh, believing the Motel TV would bring me to safety. But between MTV and Mister O'Reilly, I've come to find that I can't be defined. So I turned it off, which is exactly what you're saying: is this energy of like, literally breaking down? Mm-hmm. He the metaphor is the car, right? The car breaks down in a yeah. border town, but she then and the car breaks. Yes, in
1: border town. yeah,
0: right. We, we drive it. He's not driving with his significant other. I just yeah. made that clear. He drives until he and the car both break down
1: (laughs) in the border
0: town. Uh, and then he like hopes that the TV is going to save him, but he finds nothing about what he is in the TV. And it's not until he receives the call from his family. It's a super interesting song. It's a very great song. I'm going to have to re-listen to it a couple of times. I'm sure. Yes. (laughs) I, I, I don't know if this is on recording, but I mentioned like in the past three months, I think I've listened to this album without picking out songs front to back a hundred times. Like I love this album. Uh, so that was a good interim. Let's move on to my next question, uh, which I asked about the title. I said, the title, Aim and Ignite, comes from the track Light a Roman Candle with me. What do you make of the title's meaning in light of the line and track in which it appears and the rest of the album holistically? So my first impression of this song is I really like it, but I felt sad listening to it. It's pretty depressing.
1: I, I have a hot take and I feel like I should put it first so Spin that you it. guys can bring, do it. bring this back to reality. Um, although I think this.
0: Snap! There goes gravity. Okay, so. <laughs> Mom's spaghetti. I,
1: Dad's ravioli. My my wife and I are both uh, are both anthropology majors. Um, she she wants to do more of the archaeology stuff. We're both anthropology majors. Before I brought this hot take, I kind of bounced it off her to see if uh, to see if it um, to see if my mind is just in the gutter or something like that. I felt like the whole song was just. Was just uh, blatantly and subliminally sexual.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's propositioning a friend. Yeah. that's the the theme of the song.
1: Um, a candle is definitely a phallic symbol, and an apple has always been a symbol of fertility.
0: <laughs> a Roman candle is a firework.
1: Yes. Yeah. But a a Roman candle, the the metaphor the metaphor extends to stuff shooting out of the end of it. Sure. Shoulder. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think you could make that symbolism. I think you could reach there.
1: Um, but yeah. And then and then an apple is a is always a fertility symbol for various reasons. Yeah, It's the forbidden
0: fruit, right?
1: It's the forbidden fruit. There are other reasons in, in other contexts, but those those are just kind of like the Freudian slash like totally cultural symbolism things that I I pulled out. Of, I pulled out of that, and
0: you do tend to view things through a Freudian lens. <laughs> <laughs> You're from Vienna, to our Austria. listeners. Take,
1: to to our listeners, take that as you will.
0: Greg Greg's our, our correspondent in Vienna,
1: Austria. <laughs> um, no, our, I a very unqualified correspondent, <laughs> but
0: I would largely agree. I think that those symbols extend in other directions and other places. Um, But I would agree that largely, like this song is well. Incredible. I mean, there is the line quote, but for now, we're young. young. We, smell we smell good. good. We're alone. alone. Uh, this. Th- so yeah, Greg, you you address the subtext. The actual text of this song is him propositioning a friend who is not a. This is not a. He's not propositioning like a girlfriend. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> at this least it is, doesn't seem like it. Yeah, this is just. um... This is why I brought it up first, because I feel yeah, like you guys can ground this good, back down.
0: That's a good good lead in. No, I think um, you're... and it's it's probably worth noting, uh, while we strive to make this show as approachable as possible for kids, sometimes <laughs> Nate Ruiz writes lyrics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um Yeah, I so, so now kids the title... if you need to ask your parents about the apples and the candles. <sighs> Anyway, uh, the, so but bringing it back a little bit to that line, uh, so the actual line from the song is, uh, we owe it to ourselves to try, so we aim and ignite. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think has broader applications uh, to the song and to the album as a whole. Um, I was interested in what thoughts you guys had before I kind of go on my diatribe about it.
1: Um, as far as for the album as a whole... Um, with my snapshots on with my snapshots on like normal life type of a thing mm-hmm. with with that take on it, I felt like this song filled the place of uh, this song filled the place of like the uh, person discovering, trying to discover who they are, and uh, someone trying to discover who they are and being in a place where they're not really where they're kind of over love for the moment. But they're they're kind of over love for the moment. But they like the part of part of what I got out of it was um, oh, there's some lyrics here. I, I'll reference the lyrics and make what I'm trying to say a lot more clear because I'm cool. very inarticulate sometimes. Um, uh, if we if we were honest and both wrote a sonnet together, a sandwich with everything on it, at least we would know that the sparks didn't glow. But we owe it to ourselves to try. So we aim aim and ignite. Um. If like there, he's out of he's out of place. Like following some of these other songs where he's where there's been some heartbreak and stuff like that. This is the moment where uh, this is the moment where perhaps you meet someone and you guys are both not in a you guys are both not in a place to start a relationship or to or to really end up meaning something to each other. But you owe it to but you owe it to yourselves to try. Mm. And so you give it a try even though it's. Like basically doomed. Yeah. That's.
0: Even expanding beyond the romantic context, I think this is almost the theme of the album. The album cover also lends itself nicely to this. Um, (laughs) The album cover to Aim and Ignite is like a a British uh, infantryman holding a rifle, and at the end of the rifle is a peacock, <laughs> which yes. is to say that, like, he aimed and he ignited, and what bloomed from the end of his rifle was not what he expected. <laughs> <laughs> it was full plumage instead of, like, a bullet. That is not how I right? interpreted that cover art. Okay. I thought the peacock was sitting on the end it of is. the barrel. It is. So, he aimed and he ignited, but it's kind of pointless. He's not going to ever hit his hit. cord. <laughs> Nobody shoots peacocks, but I see what you're saying. Like he, He's not going to hit his target. He's good. got it in his sights.
1: He There's a will peacock not hit it. The front. He aimed, he ignited, no way he's hitting it. He can't see past yeah. the peacock. Or if he's shooting at something off screen, he can't see the, He can't see past the peacock.
0: Sure, he can't see. Let's say he's uh, hunting chickens or, or turkey. He can't see the bird for the feathers. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, well done. Thanks.
1: Worked hard on that one. I but was trying to come up with something. I'm really glad you did. <laughs> that was good. It was very well, good. Well, what can I
0: say? I owed it to myself to try, so I aimed and ignited.
1: Um, but
0: yeah, no, I, I think that overall, this is this is a theme, which is why I put this as the next question after theming. Um, I think that kind of an overall thing is this idea of being unsure and being unsteady, but kind of giving it your best anyway. Uh, this is reflected really nicely in, in "Take Your Time." He says. Um, He says, let's see, I'm trying to think where to start it. He says, One more thing, I keep having this dream, where I'm standing on a mountain looking down on the scene, and I can hear kids in low-income houses singing, we're through with causing a scene, and I don't know what that means, but I too am through with causing a scene. Which is like this idea that like, he has this dream, he sees the problems, he hears the words, and he doesn't know what to do but he like knows that he's in the same place and needs to do something so he's through with causing a scene uh which is i think the idea and kind of the concept of aim and ignite this idea that like shoot i don't know let's shoot <laughs> <laughs> um so i i really like that album uh despite that tracks uh other concerns which i brought up very early this is is one of my that segment i will listen to this track completely just to hear those line that line Mm -hmm. like for me this is where the album peaks and then everything else it leads up to this and it comes down from this and so that's why i thought i wanted to know why you thought they had picked it for the title and what you thought it meant
1: okay I feel like you have something to say, Nathaniel.
0: I mean, I, I think in a lot of ways it goes back to that cover with the peacock. <laughs> it always... Look, we're a little early in peep this noise to start establishing, like, key phrases that are recurring bits, but boy, I like... It always comes back to the cover with the peacock. <laughs> That's very good. That might be a thing. No, but I I really... Oh. Man, Our our current exit, our outro is everybody likes bad things, but hey, remember... It always comes back to the cover with the peacock is also a really good way to end this <laughs> show. Know. Uh, but, I don't know, like, kind of this acknowledgement of we we can't see past the beauty. Past this moment, past what's right here, right now. Maybe we should try to do something more than this. But that's also in the song, right? right. But, like, that's but for what For I mean, now, like, we're young, we smell good, we're alone. <laughs> yeah, like... Don't think of tomorrow tonight. Yeah, and that's the point. Like, and I think that's with this whole album in a lot of ways is we the the speaker can't look past the moment that they're in. Yeah. But they're gonna aim. They're gonna get the ball rolling or ignite, I guess. And yeah, maybe
1: something will come with it. And I
0: think often it doesn't. Hit it, Greg.
1: I think I I think I'd like to supplement what you're saying, like pro, like back that up with like kind of my. My original take on the overall themes of the album: these are moments, and mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think a, I think a big moments. theme about I think a big theme of this album is I, I think a big theme of this album is showing the value of these moments, like showing what's important about these moments in various ways.
0: Does he reference Summer of '69? No, not Summer of '69. Uh, he references some song from the '80s with the Boys of Summer. Yes. What song is that that he's referencing? Boys of Summer. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After all the shows, after the Boys of Summer go. Yeah. Or after all the Boys of Summer have gone. But he does that in Walking the version. Dog, right? Yes. Can we talk about Walking the Dog? Yeah, because which... the next question is explicitly about Walking the Dog. <laughs> Not really. Uh, the next question, will will lean into some of those themes, though. Uh, I asked, pop music is long-centered. Oh, no, 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 we can do it. We can take a break for another song like we did Vents and Hedges. What the heck? We're in it. Let's just do Walking the Dog. Kay. I was trying to make a smooth transition. Let's here's, just do it. Here's what I wrote for Walking the Dog. Because the night is dead. I said, fun breakup slash back together song. Like, hey, we're broken up, but let's try to get back together. <laughs> and that was basically my entire thought with Walking the Dog. Until I got to Walking the Dog 2, 2? which is the greatest sequel to a song I've ever heard. Like, I just, all I wrote, this was the last track I listened to, and I wrote, made the whole album worth it. Yeah, it's a it's an acoustic version. There's also an RAC mix of Walking the Dog on the true deluxe version that is also very good. There's three Walking the Dogs on the deluxe version. It's so cool. Um, I missed
1: this, so I'm just going to take a seat. Yeah, so it's an acoustic... So did you hear the original maybe. Walking the Dog? Yeah.
0: You could probably understand the lyrics is probably what changed, right? No,
1: I understood the lyrics both times,
0: more or less. Mm. Um, no, it was the total, like... The tonal shift. The tonal yeah. shift. So Walking the Dog is kind of this upbeat version of the song. Mm-hmm. Walking the Dog 2 is a downer. Like a huge really? downer. Yeah. And it's, you remember what I said about self-delusions? Like yeah, like it's Yeah, it's like half speed. Yeah, it's half wow. speed, and I think maybe even in a different key, though I'm not positive because I don't know music that well. I don't think um, so. Um but it is acoustic at the very least, which takes a lot of the pep out of it. Yeah. And so like Again, he slows it down. So the the lyrics that stuck out the first out to one me, is actually running the dog. <laughs> yeah. No, Doggy it really well and he says this thing. What is it exactly he says, I wish you could see me right now wherever I am? If you could see me, or I wish you could see me wherever I am. It's not like a movie, it's not all skin and bone. Right. But it's kinda so like. Come on, love. But he's kinda come like, one, yeah, I all. wish I wish you could see me wherever I am. And then in the other one, it's like I wish, wish you, you could, could see me. So think I, am. In, I think I think like, fast wolf. I think in the first version it's if you could see me, and in the slow version it's I wish you could see me. Yeah, but either way, like the first one kind of deceptively sounds like, nah, like, this is good. I'm doing fine. We should get back together. Life's good. And in the other one, it's like, well, forget this. Like, I don't know if I agree with that, but I see what you're trying to like, say. Like, emotionally speaking with the music itself. In, in one, he is, he is, he has, in the first one, I would say he has walked the dog. And in the second one, I think he is walking the dog. Which is to say that if you, if so, so the central tension of this song is the conflict with, the romantic interest in which she lost her mind and her wrist got bruised and she wanted better love while it's sleeping in her bedroom. <laughs> or their bedroom, I guess. I, not to specify a gender, but, like, um, that's the central tension, right? Is this conflict. Um, and in the first song, it's, like, that's sung very quickly and very upbeat, and then it's, like, I'll never let you go, essentially. And it's this peppy kind of, like, love song. In the second one, it's, like, Huh? So you wanted different love, huh? All right. <laughs> it's like way more mellow, and it's way more of a bummer. Yeah, um, I'm actually kind of glad you listened to the deluxe version now, so we could talk about it. That's what I wanted to so say. Like, me, that, that, me that was what thing. made the album for you. But... That that was it. Um, because there was a point where I felt like the album felt very repetitive to me, and so mm-hmm. to get something that was that unique musically speaking, sure. Yeah, it's it it really diverges, right? Yeah. Um. Well, that's, I mean, that's walking the dog. Like, uh, Greg, did you have any thoughts about the, the version of the song that you heard? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I mean, this is, from my perspective, like, this is my favorite track of this on the album to listen to. Um, I, there are other moments that I like on the song better. Uh, the question that he poses in, uh, at least I'm not as sad as I used to be just at the start, have you ever wondered about our old new metal friends and what became of them? <laughs> That's a really good start to a song. So there are that moments in one. this album that I like more, but I think like the track I listen to the most is probably Walking the Dog. Um, I, I really like the energy of it, uh, but the second one is also very good. So yeah, let's move on to the, the final question that I asked, uh, and then maybe we might talk for a second about uh, another track each. Uh, pop music is long centered on romance. How does Aim and Ignite engage with romance? We hit one of these already mm-hmm. with Greg. Uh, how does the sound design and production contribute to this discussion? Uh, consider the role of romantic relationships in Benson, Hedges, All the Pretty Girls. Uh, light a Roman candle with me we already talked about, so I'll replace that with The Gambler. Mm, the I Gambler would like maybe my favorite. That Ooh. song rocks. <laughs> I would like to talk about... Uh...
1: All the pretty girls. You uh, reminded well,
0: you. We both talked
1: for a minute. So let's yeah, give Greg sure. a second to, point to hit the gambler. Okay, the the gambler. I I'm a very sappy person when it comes to music. Sure. And a lot of a lot of the songs didn't hit me in my. My like uh my sappy center of my brain or whatever. That yeah, it's is. not very where, sappy, where is your sappy center? I, I don't know. We're but all I, homo sapiens. I, I definitely I definitely have a sappy center. I don't have a nougat center. I don't have like a, a nutty center, I have a very sappy center.
0: Are you dunking on nougat? <laughs> is this gonna turn into the strangest things <laughs> to made made debate? It's made out
1: of <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh you have you've never heard that myth?
0: Oh, okay. That nougat is made out of dolphin fat. No, I
1: haven't. Um, Aren't we all truly?
0: 99% water and 1% dolphin fat.
1: Let me let me find my favorite line, because the gambler gave me a very um, Tim McGraw where the green grass grows kind of, <laughs> sure. kind of a feel. Yeah. Okay. For those of you who don't like country music, I'm sorry, some of it is in fact good. It's true. Um... I do love that song, Tim McGraw, actually.
0: I and I will say this. Beer Never Broke My Heart, never broke my heart.
1: <laughs> Some country music is good, folks. <laughs> um, let me see. Oh, where'd it go? Um I think it's nope, it's actually just right at the beginning. I was scrolling down too far. Okay. Um Slow down, we've got time to be lazy. We've got time left to be lazy. All the kids have bloomed from babies into flowers in our eyes. We've got fifty good years left to spend out in the garden. I don't care to beg your pardon. we should live until we die it, It's just that very first part that kind of hooked me. I in. can hear it, <laughs> yeah, and um and it's it's the feeling to me is of. Uh, Is of a romance that is It was so unique to me From a lot of other pop music It was a feeling of romance that is Old but forever new Mm -hmm. This is This is that sweet old couple Who This is that sweet old couple Who's never left the honeymoon phase This is Mm. This is that um, This is that uh, Tim McGraw I want to live where the green grass grows Yeah Watching my corn pop up in rows every night, be tucked in close to you, sort of, sort of romance. It's not just love. This is. It's not just love, like, uh, like a first love or a new love. This is a romance that has weathered some stuff, and then they're still refusing to. They're still refusing to grow out of that feeling. Which I thought was really, which I thought was really cool.
0: Hundred percent, Nathaniel. What were your thoughts on the song? I don't have super deep thoughts on this one, actually. Really? I'll I'll support with what you said, Greg, with a little bit of textual evidence. Um, there at the beginning of the track, it talks about how these. Uh, we were barely eighteen when we cross-collected hearts. It was cold, but it got warmer uh, when you barely crossed my eye. And it talk, talks about this first dance in front of a fire. Mm-hmm. Like, probably a bonfire at, like, some party or yeah. something, right? Um, later, it says, uh, you think that I nearly lost you when the doctors tried to take you away. Um, and then it goes on to say that, like, talk about the night that I took your hand by, beside the fire 30 years ago to this day. In fact, I think that's the very next line. I got tripped up thinking there was something between that, but I don't think there is. Yeah. So it mentions this fire in their meeting and, and this disease or this illness that tried to take one of them away from the other. And then the way that this song comes full circle. So it starts off with the kids have bloomed from babies into flowers in our eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ends with, uh, you come home from a world and you kiss me on the eye. You curse the dog. You say that I should never feed them what is ours. So we move out to the garden. There's the flowers. Look at everything we've grown, and the kids are coming home. So I'll set the table, and you can make the fire, which really lends, I think, to the read that you gave it of like a forever new romance. Every fire is magical in this relationship, mm-hmm. right? Like just the simple act of making the fire is considered a privilege because I'll set the table, you can you can make the fire. It's your turn to make the fire yeah. and reflect on our uh, thirty plus years spent together and the 50 good years left we have to spend out in the garden. Mm -hmm. Um, This song is really good. Yeah, it is. Contrast with Don't Think of Tomorrow Tonight and Light a Roman Candle with Me. And this album really clearly runs the gamut as far of everything. As, as far as romance. Uh, which leads me to want to talk about All the Pretty Girls. Before we do, I, I actually do have some lyrics I'd like to share that okay. I really liked from this. The Gambler? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the whole song has now been shared on this podcast. <laughs> Whatever you have left to hit, I think, is all that's <laughs> remaining. Uh, but I'm ready. We've really picked the bones off this thing. Here it is. Uh, every Gambler Knows. <laughs> <laughs> look, look. Somewhere in the darkness, The gambler, he broke even.
1: (laughs) I think I I think I missed this line because I could not find I could not find the word gambler in
0: this song. Uh, And in his final words, (laughs) I found an ace that I could keep. Uh, No, I I was trying to pull up the lyrics, and I of course you know not the the Kenny Rogers song. Just typed in the gambler lyrics, and I got the Kenny Rogers song. So yeah, I one of my favorite things. This is an aside before we go into all the pretty girls, but. one of my favorite things that I ever saw was a sign that said, welcome to the laundry room. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away and know when to run.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it will, be, good. it will be a fixture in my home if I have to make it because <laughs> that's perfect. Um, anyway, to, to cycle back, uh, let's talk a little about all the pretty girls, which I think is there are some kind of. Songs like Walking the Dog and Benson Hedges that allude to a kind of dramatic breakup. This song is explicitly about a dramatic breakup and the results of it. Ooh, yeah. Um, I was interested what some of your thoughts were about this song, what stuck out to you, what lyrics you noticed. This is the first song I ever listened to on this album, and I love it.
1: <laughs> right, right off the right off the bat, the one that I remember is uh, the just the line where he goes, none of them can compare to you. Yeah can measure to you can measure to you yep. all the pretty girls can't measure to you and he's he's listing things as he goes through the song that like he's he's learning about these uh, about these yeah. pretty this one, girls this one never really understood the 80s is, is over and done is my favorite but yeah he's always like <laughs> yeah and then and then he's like uh and then also the part where he's like and somehow i always come back to you and maybe you are the reason i'm striking
0: <laughs> uh, every single night ends up the same I don't say much at all but I bring up your name over and over I think it's striking me out <laughs> you know, you, you know this, this song reminded me of one of my favorite songs of all time which is uh, Just Another Girl by The Killers ah sure and which that song is very similar like it's everybody's like look they're telling the speaker of the song, look out there. There are so many people, so many other women that you could be in fish, fish in the sea. And the lyric in, uh, in uh, the killer song is um, all of my friends say, she's just another girl in reference to the girl who the relationship didn't. Uh, wow, I'm losing the thread here. Yeah, this but, is the song you gave me when I was going through a really hard breakup. Not a very helpful thing. <laughs> just going to throw that out there. Uh, so, yeah, you lost the narrative, but we can always bring it back yeah, with thank that. You. Uh, <laughs> no, but they, he's like, they all just say, she's just another girl. And he's like, at the end, he's like, um, why can't my friends confront the fact that I don't want another girl? Sure. Yeah, in fact, like, this song has admissions of not flaws but, like, in fact, actually some flaws of the girl in question, the subject of the song, right? Mm-hmm. Not you. You still wear boots and your hair is too long. And then, second time it goes around, I think your faith is destroying the world. And then this one never really understood the 80s is over and done. <laughs> uh, it's slyly slid in these issues that he has with the girl in question, uh, but this is, like, very much a song about being preoccupied with somebody who is gone. Right? Uh, One of my favorite things about this song is the structure. uh, And this was the song that made me think about sound design and production. Uh, The second verse, he says, so I call you out just to feel a little bit better about myself. And then in the background, this chorus says, he does. He's like, (laughs) I do, baby, I do, I do, until their lips start to move and your friends talk music. I say I've never heard the tune, but I have. I just hate the band because it reminds me of you. (laughs) I remember that lyric. Um, But I love this chorus of like he, he does, (laughs) like, and there's more to that chorus line than that. Uh, They're kind Mm -hmm. of like singing counterpoint with him about like how how really uh, how much of a mess he is (laughs) in this post relationship fall. It's really good. Um, How his his way of coping through this. Thing, and I think a lot of people's way of coping through a bad relationship is to talk bad about the person they just left. We've all had that friend who's like, I never loved her. And we're like, dude, you <laughs> married her. <laughs> like, right. you had to have at some point. Um, and I think this is like that coping mechanism. Uh, and another thing that heralds back to your read about self-delusion, which is that like he's ca- he, there's a bit of honesty in it that like he knows why he's calling her out, really. But this is a thing people do. They, they they complain and they call out about the person and every single night ends up the same. They don't say much at all, but they bring up their name, right? Uh I don't know. I, I really like this song and kind of the 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 viewpoint that it gives to a romantic relationship, particularly a breakup, but a romantic relationship yeah. in general. Do you guys have any other thoughts about this song or should
1: should we call this a rap? I, I mean know. we've been here for three hours now. Can I can I mention one more song? No. Yes, because just...
0: I have one more I'd like to mention too. No, Greg, uh, you're not allowed to keep talking about. Do it. I, I do well, rap the pop romance though.
1: I I don't really I don't really like think we need to go into a deep dive, but I just wanted yeah. to mention the other song that hit me in my sappy feels was "I Want to Be the One."
0: Oh, that's a good song. That is a really such good a, song. Such a good song. This album was on the whole very enjoyable. The two or three years later, they came out with a song on Some Nights called Why Am I the One? And when I i listened to Some Nights first, and then I came back to Amen Ignite, and I'm like, Well, of course, you're the one. You wanted to be the one. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> what do you want, Nate Ruiz? Come on. It's all of them who write the music. I he he even said it right me.
1: here. Yeah. Now, for all the steps you'll take and all you'll overcome, I want to be the one to put it in a song. Yeah, that's a good. And it hit me in the feels (laughs) and also gave me some Tim McGraw, Tim McGraw (sighs) vibes. Sure. Maybe that'll be on peep this noise too. (laughs) Um,
0: yeah, I think I'll close out with my, the thing that hits me in this happy feels and is buried in take your time. Like many of the true gem lyrics in this album are, they're just buried. You just won't hear them over the trumpets. Yeah. (laughs) Um uh, one of my favorite lines is in take your time. And he says, uh, it's a beautiful thing when you love somebody. I love somebody.
1: Oh, that's Mm -hmm. good. Um, so yeah, I, I'll add that to my sappy feels list. Yeah.
0: That's also the one that talks about the kids in low income houses though. So that, that song goes some places. Um, but yeah, ultimately this album is, is one of my favorites because it's rapturous highs and lows. I would ask the question you both asked, which is like, did I convert you to this album? Uh, I'm not as interested in that. I really just wanted y'all to listen to it once. But how are we feeling about this album? I'm going to be listening
1: to at least some of the tracks again. I, I'll definitely re-listen to some of this.
0: Yeah, I think it's hard for it's hard for me as like I don't want to like say I'm the music aficionado, the connoisseur, but I buy vinyl. I'm the one who listens to things like track for track over and over. I will I'm I'm past the point where like I'll skip tracks. I don't do that really anymore, right? And so, sometimes I'll pick out a track I really want to listen to, but generally, I, right, it's not a thing I do, so I get that. Um, I'm glad that I've exposed you to some music that you'll be, you'll be listening to. So, with that said, uh, I think that's going to be just about a wrap on this episode of Peep This Noise. Uh, thanks a lot for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed us talking about The Simpsons. And then talking about a second thing that I forgot because I have the attention span sigh. of a flea. Yes, sigh. And then talking about aim and ignite. Um, man, that's we really we really ran the gamut. Uh, so yeah, if you are listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, Podcatcher of choice, uh, finding the file on the dark web, go ahead and like, subscribe, uh, send us an organ. I don't know how the dark web works. <laughs> send <laughs> dude, us an organ, <laughs> dude. It's the dark web. I don't know. <laughs> um, I pipe organ. Don't look at me like that. Electric jazz oh, okay. Yeah, sure, sure. That's what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, send us, send us uh, by care of Itchy and Scratchy. I'm sure it'll get there in one piece. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that'll that'll do it. Uh, I feel like there's something else. Oh, where can people find us on the internet? Peepthisnoise.com is our our home on the web space. Uh, I bought that URL if I didn't tell you guys. You did. We you did. it. Uh, I'd like to give special thanks. Oh, this brings such joy to my heart, too. Katie Davidson of Key Losers. Uh, I haven't had a chance to say this because I haven't recorded the end bit of the first episode (laughs) yet. Um, But uh, I emailed Katie. I reached out to get licensing rights for this song, and they were super helpful uh, in getting this squared away for us and and was uh, really thoughtful, really cool. Uh, If you haven't listened to Key Losers, I'd recommend starting with the album Don't Know Why comes from California Light. L-I-T-E. Absolute banger of an album. Smoggy Mountain High. That's a good track with a great name. Uh, So yeah, go ahead and check that album out. Uh, Nathaniel, where can people find you on the interwebs? (laughs) If you give the show page, I'm going to kill you. Can I give the other show page? (laughs) (laughs) He's he's at... Peep this noise on Twitter? Yes, I, I do run the Twitter account for this okay, show. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, if you want to get in touch with him, or any of us, really, you can tweet yeah. at the show at any time. It'll get back to us. Yeah. Uh, Greg, where can people find you on the
1: internet? Uh, Twitter would be at Marchant underscore Greg. Awesome. You can find me on Twitter,
0: at LoganHasATake. And uh, let's go ahead, and now that that's out of the way, talk about the... What we're gonna be doing for the next show. Sweet. So with the book club vibe that we're trying to go for, we want you to be able to participate over the next month. We're trying to, re- re- we're going to do these about monthly. We've been thinking, toying with the idea of maybe doing a bi-weekly one too. It's like not as deep, and maybe we don't all review the thing. We we don't really know yet. This core show is going to be about monthly. I think is what we decided. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing nods all around the music yes, stand where we're is what we this on. Um, and so, yeah, so let's talk about what we're going to be looking at next month. Uh, I'll pass to Nathaniel, then to Greg, and then we'll wrap around for me, so I have time to pull it up on my phone and remember what I'm reading. So we're going to watch for mine a movie that is actually really difficult for me to watch, though I think it's one of the better movies I've seen. They take it off all the streaming services? No, um, emotionally <laughs> difficult. No, sure. <laughs> um I, I do have a copy of the movie that I'll be sharing with you. It is a movie called Mr. Holmes. It stars Sir Ian McClellan as the famous detective Sherlock Holmes, and but it takes place in his later years when he is a retired detective and he lives out in the countryside, and he is still trying to solve his last unfinished mystery that he never solved. Um, it's not an easy watch, guys, but it's real good. Okay, Greg, go ahead.
1: Uh, for my part, we're going to be reading. Uh, we're going to be reading "Shadow over Innsmouth" by H. P. Lovecraft. Which, for our, for our listeners, I found out you can get it for like ninety nine cents or something like that on yeah. Google Books.
0: If if and you know where to go, as Haggard once said, you can also get it for free. <laughs> so, but yeah, Google Books is a good place to get that. Uh, collection of Lovecraft's tales are also very cheap, either on Kindle or on. Uh, I have it for free the complete works of lovecraft for free on kindle so oh, cool. you can like find it um, yeah yeah that's another one lovecraft as many people know is a bit of a problematic character that'll also probably be a tough that will read. be pardon
1: of... <laughs> it's um i I'll save my commentary for next time we we are definitely going to in addition to addressing the story we're definitely going to have to address lovecraft a little bit Totally, because there are some and things. and Lovecraft
0: and context to that story in particular. Yes, there is, that story has some
1: themes. There are some things, man. <laughs>
0: and for me, we're gonna be reading *Metamorphosis* by Franz Kafka. Uh, Kafka, 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 Kafka. He says that because I recently read a book called *Kafka on the Shore* by uh, Haruki Murakami, and I kept calling it just Kafka in passing, and it was confusing a lot of people. Because I'm be like, so I was reading Kafka, and they'd be like, "Oh, cool! I didn't know you were into like." German writers? <laughs> I'm like, well, this was by Haruki Murakami. So then I decided I was going to read Kafka Kafka, and I started with Metamorphosis. Um, this is a book about a man, a, a very short book. Shout over into this short story. This is a short book uh, about a guy named Gregor who gets turned into a bug. It's bad scene, guys. So these are all going to be tough reads. So just, I think, should like... That should be the name of the next episode. Tough, tough reads. reads. Tough reads, bro. Tough reads. Yeah. Or maybe Changes. Ch- ch- ch-
1: ch- changes. Wow, uh, that was bad. Yeah, that was
0: Chia. <laughs> I don't know. You led into that with the Chia pet theme. Song. I, I, was, I was going for Changes by David Bowie,
1: but, like, but even as I did into it, Chia. it was not good. Ch- 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 good. It ch- was Chia. Ch- ch- changes. Thanks, well, Frank.
0: If you're listening to our renditions and our covers of Changes by David Bowie <laughs> and you're thinking, wow, I can really get behind this, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in to Peep This Noise and Changes by David Bowie. And remember, like you like that cover of Changes by David Bowie everybody likes bad things and it's always about the cover with the peacock you don't know how you don't know how <laughs> outros work <laughs> it's you, you belied the outro you've tainted it there's like a sinuous line it all comes me. back to the cover everybody the likes bad things bye bye everybody likes bad things open
1: up your mind Let the wind inside you. think about the time as it-